Hello, and welcome to episode two of Fiduciary Fitness. I'm your host, Tom Laveroni, retirement plan specialist at WFG. In today's episode, we are going to answer the question, what are my duties as a fiduciary? But first, a quick word from the good folks at Compliance. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Global Retirement Partners LLC, a registered investment advisor. Global Retirement Partners, LPL Financial and Washington Financial Group are separate non-affiliated entities. And now, on to the show. I am joined today by Joe DeNoyer. Hello, Tom. Good morning, Mr. CEO at WFG. I'm also joined by Colin Clark, Retirement Plan Specialist at WFG. Hey, Tom. Good morning. Last time we talked about what is a fiduciary. Today, we're going to talk about what are the duties as a fiduciary. So if you are one of those people who volunteer or join up as a fiduciary on a plan, what are kind of some of the specific roles that someone would be expected to perform as a fiduciary? Tom, it's a great question because there's, it's a balancing act. There's many roles that a fiduciary will have in a retirement plan, and some are fun and some are not so fun. But the basics are, you know, first understanding who is a fiduciary. I know that sounds kind of straightforward, but some of the real roles is fiduciary oversight of the plan to make sure the plan's operating according to the plan document, which is, again, a little bit intimidating for many folks because I, I would be willing to bet a lot of folks haven't read the plan document. And then that's that's going into plan compliance and administration. Are we actually operating that according to the document? Um, and then, you know, one of the basics that we all probably know is a, is a responsibility is designing the appropriate fund menu for your employees. But, um, and but that's, Joe, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert in investments. How do I do that as a fiduciary? Good question. So generally, um, you are allowed to hire out or hire in, if you will, assistance in that role. So there's many different types of fiduciaries that will help you in the investment component. And they have numbers like 321 and 338. But in English, it's working closely with a consultant or an advisor to actually help the committee understand what the appropriate menu would look like and having a process for the selection and monitoring of those funds. Also, another big responsibility is uh, choosing your vendors. And so there, there should be a process that you follow to decide uh, who you're going to hire and why. Um, you don't have to hire the, the cheapest company. Uh, there's a, a standard called reasonableness of fees. And really, it's about what services are you receiving for the amount that you and especially your employees are paying for those services. But there are several different components. You may you need to hire a record keeper, someone that's going to keep track of all the accounts, provide the website. Uh, you're going to want to hire someone to do administration. They're going to provide notices, help with compliance testing, uh, make sure the plan's operating properly. Uh, you may need to hire an auditor, and, and as Joe just mentioned, uh, you know, a consultant, someone who can help you know shepherd you through that whole process. You just mentioned if the plan is being tested properly. How would somebody know if the t- if the plan is being tested properly? Like an HR, your your yeah. HR generalist. Uh, that's that's there are several. I mean, there are several different compliance tests that you have that you have to provide. I think that's kind of the question now that people are starting to ask is, what's the point of a retirement plan? How do we judge or measure it? And and really, it's going to be is the retirement plan working? You know, are people saving 
enough to actually replace their paycheck for what we call their longest period of unemployment. Yeah, and then and the technical answer of how they know if it's being tested correctly is if the plan is large enough where there's a plan audit, the auditor will go through some of those components of the test with them. Can you tell us that, like, how large is the plan before it has to be audited? Over 100, but they have to cross 121st because, like, everything in the 401k Employees, world. Employees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, like anything in the 401k world, we don't make it simple, like just <laughs> black and white. Um, but the bottom line is once a plan has grown more than 100 participants, yeah. which remember, that doesn't mean just employees. That's folks that are in the plan or eligible for the plan. In the plan. Or, or beneficiaries. Beneficiaries thereof or terminated folks who still have money in the plan. So that number kind of expands. And we often, when we're talking to people about their fiduciary role, it's not just your employees. It's anybody who's eligible for your plan or has money in the plan. So terminated participants that may not have been there for a long time, you still have fiduciary responsibility for them. So that's what would be one of your duties. You'd have to go out and find an auditor to audit your plan correct as, yes as a, yeah. so that when you when you really answer the question of what are my duties we talked about some of the roles the basic duties are number one um, and we touched upon this in our last podcast by far number one is act in the best interest of your participants that is the number one fiduciary role and then you have to act with care prudence and skill so that's i'm going to underline skill because you know, again, let's say I'm an HR specialist, and next thing you know, I'm on a retirement plan committee. Where did I pick up the skill to become a fiduciary in a retirement right, plan? Right. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just like showing up, and suddenly you're getting thrown in the game as the quarterback. Not, not the best thing to, to, to go through. So it's really important that we understand that. And then we have to avoid prohibited transactions is another stated fiduciary duty. So that would basically mean being free from conflict. You know, um, if a, an advisor is constantly soliciting to, to have a shot at, helping you with your plan, but they're also inviting you to suites at games and taking yeah, the finest yeah. golf courses, the nicest Going restaurants. To the Super Bowl, sure. <laughs> nice <laughs> bottles of wine, whatever it is. I'll, go, I'll vote for the wine, whatever it may be. Um, you know, you have to be really careful to avoid that conflict. And then the final is just, Colin touched upon, is defraying reasonable costs. And that's, what does that really mean? How, how do you answer that question? So uh, what we find is very helpful in the marketplace is benchmarking your plan to figure out, um, and this is not like the root canal of going through health insurance where you have to look at 50 different health insurance carriers to, to figure out what the cheapest or, or most reasonable plan is. It's really benchmarking your plan's fees versus the marketplace. What is a typical plan that looks and feels like yours pay in the marketplace? And there's, there's many third-party sources that we use to help us with that. And that's really the main duties of a fiduciary. So I'm assuming like one of the, the duties a, an HR person would 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 have is to kind of make sure that their plan is being priced reasonably. So they would ask their advisor or consultant to kind of go ahead and, and shop it or benchmark the plan. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, yeah, and there's two ways. Shop it. There's two different things here. You can shop it with the idea that there's a possibility you may be moving your plan for better services. To another whatever, vendor. Yeah, yeah, whatever the case may be, versus the pure benchmark is just kind of off the shelf. You look at it as a, it's an average cost out there, um, and that's just to make sure that you're comfortable with your current fees. Uh, but that gives you the power of maybe going back and having your consultant talk to the, your current record keeper and saying, look, there's a few things that are a little out of line here. Or, frankly, you're benchmarking the consultant and say, hey, you know, this plan has grown over the years. Maybe you're a little bit on the high side. Whatever the case may be, it's just getting the, the fees the most reasonable for your employees. That's a reasonable question yeah. well, that an HR person would ask their consultant or advisor to, to do is it, make sure it's priced correct. Yeah, and, and we benchmark our client fees every year 
but we also recommend that we go out to a full RFP every three to five years. Okay. And I think, you know, depending on the size of your plan and, and there are a lot of moving parts, you don't want to be moving. So as Joe was alluding to. Sounds like a lot, a lot of work. It, it is canal, a lot baby. of work. <laughs> and a lot of mistakes can happen, you know, when you're right. shifting, you know, a lot of financial data from one vendor to another. So really the, the leverage that you can gain from benchmarking or doing an RFP is going back to your current vendor. Because we know the number one reason why people move plans is service. You know, if there's a, a some sort of compliance issue, service issue, that's really where it falls down. So I would say, you know, we, we always talk about what is fiduciary and all these different roles and responsibilities. One of the most important things we can share with folks is if you have a best practices approach to manage all these different things. You can't do it all at once. Like I said, many people are um, volunteered into this role. You can't, or voluntold into this role. You can't just do it all at once. So I would say it's really important to have a process where you break down the different components, you set a fiduciary calendar, and then you meet those those requirements. Um, and it, it could be very manageable. Again, if you're new to this role in, in the fiduciary world, don't try to tackle it all at once. Let's spell out the goals and objectives of you and or your committee and organization, and then slowly but surely tackle each one of them so it, it does become something that you're familiar with. But at the same time, we all realize that most people have lots of other things to do with their job. So it's, this is not the sole purpose of their job. So act in your best interest of your participants, uh, do what's reasonable, and you should be on the right path. Read that plan document is a good start to kind of understand. Oh, that'll be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, if you have any questions that you'd like to address in the future episodes, shoot us an email at info at washfinancial.com. That's info at washfinancial.com. Thanks for listening to Washington Financial Group's Fiduciary Fitness Podcast. Connect with us at washfinancial.com. If you enjoy our show, we'd love for you to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you're, you access your podcasts. Until next time. Thank you.